We are supported by Robbins Insurance, a local insurance agency providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins Insurance is the go-to agency for hospitality professionals in Nashville. Listen, Robbins knows how hard industry professionals work every single day. They also know how devastating accidents can be. Be it a grease fire that damages the kitchen, a severe storm that cuts off power, or a customer slip and fall incident. Both the extensive experience and the savvy to create a policy that protects your business from accidents like those, you can rest easy knowing that the work you've put in will not be for nothing. Visit Robin's website at robinsins.com to request a consultation or call Matthew Clements directly. His number is 863-409-9372. Protection you can trust. That's Robin's. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. All right, welcome in to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Today is a very special day. It's about a week late, but we are excited today to welcome in Chris Chamberlain of the Nashville Scene. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brandon. Welcome you back into the studio. Yeah, I think this is probably my fourth time on the show, but my third time in the studio, and I have finally learned to bring my reading glasses to your tiny-ass dark studio here, so hopefully I'll be more, more productive. But I've got the I've got all the bright lights on today. I appreciate that because I got two two of those lights are burnt out. I've just been so damn busy all around that I haven't like kept up the studio. I finally got waters back in here. I'm pretty excited about that. And you had marked on your calendar. Don't forget, Chris is old. Turn the lights on. <laughs> Turn the lights on. Chris is old. So every year, this is kind of becoming a tradition. Every year, we do a best of Nashville recap slash acceptance speeches. And you being one of the writers over there, we like to bring you in because you had a major part in the Best of Nashville. This is a, a big, huge event in Nashville. The Nashville scene every year does their Best of Nashville. So this is going to be fun. Today, we've got a few guests that will be coming in to give their acceptance speeches, talk about their wins. We've got Stephanie, who's my sister, over at Killjoy. She'll be here around in, in about 30 minutes or so. We've got Will Schuff going to be here in studio. He is the owner of the 12th South Tap Room and the Tap Room uh, over at um, in the Nations, 51st Tap Room. We're going to be talking with Sean Porter will be in studio, best romantic restaurant winner, uh, best hot dog winner over at Daddy's Dogs. Also, incredible human being. I love him. He is one of my heroes in this business. He really I'm, is. <laughs> I just I absolutely love him. We're going to get into my bromance with him here in just a minute. And uh, we're hoping to get special guests. They're very rarely on the show. We can get Caroline and Tony Gals, and we're hoping that they're going to hop on later in the show as the best Christmas pop-up. For St. Nicky's. We're going to hopefully they can come on the show. So we'll hopefully have some surprises later on. Um, I mean, I'm set up for disappointment when it becomes can Brandon dial friends and get them to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot that happened this this year. And I want to break it down because in this ep, in this article, in this, this issue, issue, issue is the word that it is. Because it's still in print. You know, we've managed to survive with this interesting business model of printing an actual magazine and giving it away for free. Yeah, how do you do that? 
Well, this is our biggest issue of the year, no doubt. I mean, this is the only one that's perfect bound. Uh, this is the one that you don't want to drop on your foot. It's really hard to. <laughs> it's a big, thick one. It's, And then we throw one of the parties of the year for the best of, for the winners and for the advertisers. And uh, this year it was at First Horizon Park, and it was just a, a great shindig. Got some great food there. Uh, had some fun musical entertainment. And it's just great to see, you know, the restaurant industry recognizing themselves. It's not so much about who our picks are, but the fact that we're just recognizing that the industry as a whole is doing well. You know, we talked back a couple of years ago that, that any restaurant that survived the Annis Horribles of 2020 and then the competition that's come up in 21, 22, 23, they deserve to be called the best restaurant. So we have, you know, we have 500 local restaurants that I think are are worthy of recognition. Wouldn't it be fun next year, instead of doing this after the fact, if we set up live at the best of event and I have a little booth there where we have the microphones and as winners, I could just have winners come by and we could interview like 20 of them. I mean, I think that's worth a quarter page ad. (laughs) And that's why this is the biggest episode that or the biggest issue that you do all year long for the advertising. I like it. So there's two different aspects of the best of Nashville. Um, One of them is the, the reader's picks. So if you're a reader of the scene, you can go to NashvilleScene.com. There's a month that you can go vote, and you have to vote on, I think, 20 different categories for your vote to count. But that's how the reader's picks are done. And then there's what I like to call the real best of Nashville. And I don't think I'm alone with this, is the writer's picks, which is where you, the writers, go in and you pick your best of Nashville. There's a lot of interesting categories here that aren't available to the readers. You have um, best chef, best. Um, there's a ton of different ones. I'm going to go through. You have best chef, best new pizza, best sandwich, best Cuban sandwich, best late night bar, best new bagel shop, best new restaurant, which was Kisser, best new Italian. I mean, there's categories in here that are completely different. How do you guys choose that? Who chooses who gets to to pick these categories and do you, how do you divvy them up? Yeah. The, uh, the reader's picks are really important. I don't want to discount them. Um, it's sometimes we, we meet and think, gosh, is there a category we need to add? You know, is there something that we need the readers to have another chance to, to vote on? Uh, we do not list nominees, so it can come out of left field, whatever a reader's interested in back in the days when you used to have to submit your, your uh, entries by print, you, know, you had to actually rip out a page and fill out a ballot. Um, that led to some kind of crazy ballot stuffing. You know, we knew that there were people out there taking the entire stack of scenes out of the box in front of their restaurant. And, you know, after you were done rolling silverware, you had to fill out ballots you know, put your put your restaurant in different categories. Um, so we went to this online system where you know, the, the minimum criteria of voting for at least 20 means people have to at least make an effort, be thoughtful about it, and it's a lot harder to, to stuff the box. So I think I'm still going to ask Sean how he got Best Romantic Restaurant. I think there was some ballot stuffing of some sort done on the Internet there. I mean, he probably put the word out to... Well, he's won it for like the last three years. Yeah, his cult following, like, tell everybody we're the Best Romantic Restaurant. Well, he does yeah. the... Uh, he, he, I think that he does the best Valentine's event of the season. I mean, his, his Valentine's dinner that he does is 
I think the best event of the year for 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 singles going or people it's it the most is, fun for sure it is yeah. the most fun and and it's it's super laid back and it's and he's so his picture his his uh american beauty photo of him with his yeah. shirt off and the roses that they have blown up at the event like he's so unapologetic he's just he's just amazing and i think that's why he gets best romantic restaurant because it's a romantic evening that he creates around hot dogs i mean that that's worthy of something but he still has to motivate enough people to vote for that and that's what i find intriguing so um yeah, I, I can't erase that image of Sean laying there in the rose petals from my mind, so we might as well just go all in on that one, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. So, so let's getting back to the to the writer's picks, um, that's the opportunity for the writers to really weigh in on the big awards first. You know, we do meet as a group, a group of the writers and editors, when we talk about the big awards, best restaurant, best new restaurant, best chef. Um, but then it's kind of a pitch process process where you send in things that you would like to shine a spotlight on. And in some cases that means that we slice that onion pretty thin because everybody has a favorite that they would like more people to know about. So we literally broke best bar into, let me look one, two, three, four, five, six categories because we had different writers that all had an opinion that no, no, the best bar is Lakeside lounge, but the best new bar is golden pony. But the best happy hour is at Rose Pony. So we have two pony bars that won. Uh, the best wine bar is Van Gogh's. The best dive bar is Betty's Grill. And the best le- late night is at Lucky Three Star. All worthy. Um, you know, it, at a certain point, you have to take the writer's choices as literally the opinion of one person who you hope knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And uh, we we try to keep a stable of freelancers that are plugged in. I can't get everywhere in town, um, but you will notice that a lot of our freelancers live in East Nashville because that's where all the best bars are. Uh, it just kind of works out that way. Well, I think when you look at the reader's pick for best restaurant, you have bourbon steak by Michael Mina. And then when you look at the writer's pick for best restaurant, you have Druzy and Dar, which are two completely different places. There he is. Will Shuff in the, in the house. Welcome. Will. We're going to pause the conversation we're having right now. We're going to bring in Will Schaff from the 12 South Tap Room and the 51st Tap Room into the studio. How are you doing? Doing great. What's going on, man? Not much. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Grab a seat and then grab some headphones and a microphone, and we'll uh, we'll jump right in. So, Will, you probably had the, the shortest commute of anyone other than me to get here since I live literally a half block away and you just had to come over from 12 South. So, well, I was coming from Sylvan park actually. Yeah. Oh, That's where so. I live, but yeah. Well, all you got to do is you got to pull that microphone right up, right into your face. All right. Get comfortable. There. Perfect. Hey. This is your first time in studio. First time in studio. Welcome wow. in studio, well, man. It's good you. to have you here. Yeah. I think I was on before we did it. Um, zoom style. Probably in the middle of the pandemic. For sure. And there was another best of Nashville, wasn't it? Um, I don't recall exactly why why we were on, but yeah. Best uh, of Nashville. And that was a um was this one of the, one of your writers' picks? This was indeed one of my writers' picks. Yeah, it was uh what did I say? Best OG OG Craft Beer Emporium, I think it was. Uh yes. And I, I one of my side gigs, one of my many hustles that I scraped together to make enough money to uh be able to live a half block away from here. Is that I lead <laughs> tours for Walkie Nashville, and we've added a 12 South tour, 
uh, to our to our downtown and East Nashville tours that we do. And I love taking even locals, you know, locals and tourists down 12 South, and we pretty much make the turn and come back at the tap room. Nice. And I love telling people the story of what that neighborhood was when you when you started what you were doing. I mean, we walk past Urban Grub, and I tell them, see that? That used to be the car wash, yeah, where, the you car would, wash. where you would get jacked. If you yeah. got out of your car, you'd find out your car would be stolen while you were cleaning it. Or, you know, see that? That used to be a dry cleaner right there. And But 12 South is literally, you know, the, the anchor point of culinary on that end of the street to me. And I just... Um, love sharing that story, and I also love showing them your sneaky murals that nobody knows about. Yeah, they are. They're um, top secret. Got to make the corner. They are my two favorite murals on 12 South because nobody knows about them. So next time you go to the tap room, walk around the corner, and then walk around the corner again to get to the back where the smoker is, and you'll see some really in the backyard some really That's cool right. art. Our our much coveted parking lot, yeah, <laughs> which we do have either. free parking for customers, so. Which is amazing. Yeah. I'm going to read what you wrote about it. Because this is, the 12 South Tapper is a really special place. And I think that with the proliferation of what's happened in Nashville, I think, not that people forget about it, but the, this some of the history behind it. Which let, you, let's put it in context. What year did you all open? Uh, the Taproom 2006. I had opened up 12 South Market in Delhi in 2003, which I also had up like seven doors of beer. And a little uh, gourmet market with sandwiches, but it was a little ahead of its time for the neighborhood. Um, would probably do great now, but y'all can't see all the air quotes that Will's doing. <laughs> <out here. laughs> so you wrote before Twelve South Taproom and Grill opened in two thousand six. Most Nashvilleans had never tried a craft beer. That made sense because Music City had been a Bud Miller Coors town for decades, and bar managers were quite happy to fill their taps with products from breweries that had been consistently giving them spot sports and concert tickets. 12 South changed everything with a wide selection of craft beers from across the country, offering the first opportunity for many feature, future beer snobs to discover the hoppiness of Sierra Nevada or the fruity goodness of a Belgian ale. They're also big supporters of local breweries, and we're all better off because they're here. Here, here. I, I couldn't agree with those statements. Cheers. So you're you've OG draft beer emporium. I, mean, I remember my brother taking me there a long time yeah. ago. You know my brother, uh, Justin. Yeah, very well. I mean, it was, it was you and Flying Saucer at the time, really. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, um, yeah, the beer distributors couldn't figure out why. I was like, no, I want to put this on, not what you tell me to. And it was like they were all very frustrated with us from the beginning because I was like, no, we're going to rotate all these taps. We're going to do, you know, what we want to do. No ball uh, football tickets for you then. No, no. I'd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably get a lot of them now. <laughs> yeah, they're probably easy to get right now. Well, I mean, just because of what the the long standing what you've been able to do. I mean, right. just an innovator of everybody following behind your lead. Right. Yeah. We um we've been very fortunate. I mean, like our the neighborhood, of course, evolved into just a wonderful spot, which is hard to believe what it's become. And uh, you know, craft beer really caught on. You know, a few years after that. Uh, what made you bold enough to stock that fridge with? A hundred bottles that people had never heard of. Uh, well, I had lived in Colorado, which is basically kind of beer heaven the at law. that point, yeah. you know. Um, started probably drinking Sierra Nevadas at Grateful Dead Show parking lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of started the, you know, my palate's evolution into a craft beer. And, uh, you know, I just loved beer. I like food. And 
seemed like a natural progression to to go, and it seemed like uh, I knew a lot of other people that liked good beer, and there wasn't any around, or you know, hard to find. So, so were you educating people just one at a time across the bar, you know, and getting them to try something they'd never tried before? We've definitely turned a lot of people on, you know, and changed their palates, and like you know, give it a shot. Maybe the first sip isn't one, but take a couple, and you, you know, you'll develop the feel and taste, and you want more. So, and people don't talk about your food enough, but I mean, you had to have that. You couldn't, you couldn't turn people on to all these crazy Belgians and these sours without having some food to go with it, because I think that's where craft beer really excels over just a light lager. I mean, light lager's great for football, you know, but. Maybe not the best thing with a with a good spicy black bean. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a whole, it all goes together, you know. Um, and we, we pride ourselves on our menu, and, you know, everything's scratch made, and uh, we want to give everybody a total experience from, you know, your first sip to your last bite. So, and like I said, it all kind of goes together for a wonderful meal and time. And y'all had live music there for a little while, right? We did, we did, uh, and that was a big hit. Uh, for years, we had some great players in there. Uh, Dave Pomeroy lives in the neighborhood, and we had Guthrie Trap that was living around the corner, and uh, Pat Bergeson, some great, great musicians, uh, some bluegrass nights. We're looking to start that back up again, maybe on the patio. Um, just with COVID, everything kind of changed, and just kind of the place evolved, and with the... Uh, I mean, the, it's such a touristy place now, too. It's like, I don't yeah, know. It's I'm just, walking them right past you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just the kind of change, you know, post-COVID, everything kind of changed. We haven't quite dove back into it. We're looking to kind of dive in a little bit, um, maybe starting with the bluegrass night again. But um, So yeah. who, who else was there with you in 2006? Mirror was open, Mirror right? was open. Uh, Mafiosis oh, had just opened. Um, yep. Mirror, man. Uh, yeah, they, they were a true pioneer down there oh, for sure. Oh, man, that was a great restaurant. It was, it was. And, um, yeah. When, was Monell's open? Monell's, no. Uh, not, they were a little after that. They were, they? Yeah, and then um, we had Mirror, or Mirror, the, um, the wine bar, Rumors, was down there. That's right. Um, Mafiosas was there. Mafiosas had just opened yeah. around the same time, so we were we were kind of you know side by side, opening between the deli and the tap room transition and Mafiosas. So God, I remember two for Tuesdays. You didn't want to yeah, go. Well, you didn't want to drive anywhere near that place. No, we <laughs> yeah they filled our parking lot many times. <laughs> that was an OG like industry get off of work, go hang on the patio it at Mafiosas late, late night, late night. You know, before it was late you know, slices, you know, till two in the morning or whatever. And do you miss those days? Do you go like because I remember back when I used to work in restaurants as a server or whatever, you'd get off or as a manager and you'd get off work and you'd go hang out on 12 South and it was locals. I mean, it's kind of like the OG, like Hillsborough Village. You right. go to Sam's in the village or Jonathan's before that or Jackson's, the patio at Jackson's. And it was just a the villager throwing darts and it was you'd see 10 people you know right. you knew this was a way for people who worked in the industry to hang out together and catch up and i kind of felt like back in the day it was you could go to 12 south taproom or you could go to mafiosas and it was just a bunch of people that you knew and it was locals and 12 south has evolved so much since then do you miss those days um i do i do you know it was it was a community at that point more than a, you know I mean, there's still we still have a ton of great regulars, locals. Um, of 
course, we've all grown a little older as well, so not, maybe not doing the late nights quite like we used to. Were cars smaller back then? Because I remember <laughs> we could still drive down the streets even when people were parking on both sides of the street, and now you pretty much, if you want to uh, do a side street, if you don't have a scooter. This no. is true, yeah. I've, I feel for the people that live on those streets, too. I mean, oh, en- enough of y'all parked in front of Kay West's house that she moved. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ran her off to Asheville. That's funny. I, it's it's, it's a, the evolution of Nashville. I mean, have you obviously had a front row seat of it. How's everything going at 51st? Um, it's going well. I mean, that neighborhood's really coming along. It feels very similar to how we started at 12 South. Um, it's uh, it's growing rapidly. The whole, um, a, a lot of families now over there, you know, younger. Uh, not quite. It's a little more disjointed still at this point. Well, Caroline, you know, who's co-host on the show typically every day, is a, um, she's talked about it. She's like, this, this. We thought it would happen a lot faster than it has. Yeah. And it's been a much slower burn to get there. She's seeing it now. She's seeing a lot of the, the locals in the area come out and support them on a regular basis. She's like, but we thought there would be more growth in that neighborhood than there has been. Is that I, something you've experienced too? I agree. Uh, I think Charlotte kind of developed, started at the same time. I've lived in Sylvan Park for 20 years, 20 plus years, and waiting for you know Charlotte to come on because I'm jump across the street but uh i think all that kind of is happening at the same time there's definitely a saturation in the market with restaurants which i think we all feel uh, i I think that's the difference between the nations and 12 south is that i thought when nikki and when nikki's open kind of as pioneers that well and at 51st before that 51st kitchen that they were going to get to take advantage of the growth but I think the restaurants expanded faster than the neighborhood did. Whereas in 12 South, we're still filling in the last few residential spots where there could be a restaurant. So, you know, I I just feel like they're both going to reach a good maximum saturation soon, but I feel like 51st is dragged because the restaurants moved in faster than the people did. Yeah. I think, I think that's true as well. I mean, they're still, I mean, they're just still ripping houses down over there and, you know, building them up. So, it's filling in then a lot of apartments and stuff going in over there. So it's going to happen. It's just, you know, how, what's the waiting game? Well, and 51st will be able to add density a lot faster than 12 South will because 12 South is still single family home. You know, we're not putting up, you're not putting up as many tall skinnies right. and, and multi-unit complexes there. So you'll, you'll get to see how both of them work out. Yeah. You know, you'll be the, you'll be the test case. Well, we're, we're ready, so. Well, I mean, you powered through the pandemic. I mean, you opened well before the pandemic, and then the pandemic happened. How was that experience for you? What were some of the things you guys did to, to make it through that? Well, yeah, we opened in 2017, and we were really just hitting our stride. You know, we had our bet, you know, each year getting better. And then, bam, pandemic. Uh, we we stayed open uh, doing to-go food, selling uh, produce, grocery boxes, just anything we could come up with, uh, you know help somebody out and try and help ourselves out, try and keep, you know, some most of our employees working and getting a paycheck as best we could. Uh, it was a hard, hard time. You know, a lot of people talk about getting, you know, their home time and rest and kind of the how that part was nice. We, <clears throat> a lot of us didn't experience any of that. We were, you know, sweating it out, worried, <clears throat> excuse me, Oh, a lot of money. Just like what is going to happen? Just a lot of uncertainty and yeah, stress. A lot of stress. Um, 
so grateful. So many of our, uh, you know, wonderful customers supported us. Had a lot of people coming out, giving more than we asked, which was amazing. Uh, took, yeah, just took a lot of fortitude, inner fortitude to power through that and uh, make it to, you know, to where we are today. We made it through. Uh, don't think we would have made it without our the government funding we got. We had the PPP loans. I mean, we That's would, we would be done. I mean, that was only thing reason why a lot of us are still here wow you, you talked about as a sylvan park resident you know, seeing the nations in charlotte connect and that was one of the writer's picks that i wrote i gave it to carter over at streetcar for being yes. an important link to that you know trying to get people to cross that psychological barrier of i-40 you know what what's next on that because they really are one big neighborhood with with a happens to have a, a flyover highway that's Breaking yeah. in half. Um, you know, well, I grew up in West Nashville, so I'm born, raised Nashvilleian. You would drive, baby. Yeah. All right, yeah. Davidson Road. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, there was no reason to go to the Nations. You know, there was some seedy bars and, you know, it was a lower income area. Well, there was a reason, but it was, <laughs> it was illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my mom said, don't go over there. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a uncharted territory for a lot of people, even if you're from Nashville. So I think with all the new people moving in, that's kind of helped, you know, migrate people over. And um, but we still all the time have people, you know, was like, "Oh, you're, you know, related to 12 South Taproom, like yeah, 51 North Taproom, 12 <laughs> South Taproom." The logos are pretty Couldn't similar. Have made it more obvious. Same thing. The, the menu is pretty similar, a little different, yeah. but pretty similar. But yeah, so it's just amazing how many people just are unaware of that area, really. That you know, even longtime local people. Uh, so I, you know, I just think it's time more than anything, and I think as more more and more people discover, there's a bunch of great spots over there. I mean, there's quite a few awesome places to go eat over there. It really, like is. Nicky's. I mean, you got uh, Pringle Smoking Oasis. Carrie over there with the Smoking Oasis, and I just saw he just covered part of his big outdoor area. So in about. Uh, 30 minutes, we will have Sean Porter, a.k.a. Yep, Big, Daddy Big Daddy, in here in studio in a little bit. Sean's awesome. He comes and supports us often. Um, great guy. He's really on the move, man. He is a busy <laughs> man. I was it, man. Uh, talking to him a couple weeks ago, and he's just like, you know, trying to keep up with his ever-expanding hot dog empire. And, and that's what it is. <laughs> it is. We're gonna can't crazy. wait to talk to him about it. Hey, we, we've got two minutes left right. before our next guest joins us. So... Kind of the thing here is we're doing the best of Nashville acceptance speeches. So we're going to turn the mic over to you, Will, to kind of say whatever you want to say as an acceptance speech of the best OG craft tap room in Nashville, best of Nashville winner. And Brandon's got the Oscar music. If you get tired of talking, he can just play you right off. <laughs> so, yeah. Play me off into the right off into the sunset. Well, first off, I want to thank Chris for, you know, nominating us and putting us up there uh, and recognizing us to as a old school Nashville um, tap room. And uh, it's it's great because it's easy to get lost these days as, you know, a long time restaurant. We've been there 17 years. Couldn't have ever done it without our great community and uh, wonderful longtime supporters. My employees are amazing. I've got a lot of employees that have been there for 
double-digit years, a uh, great partner in Jamie Borda. And, yeah, we just like to thank uh, our community for, you know, supporting us and keeping us going all these years through the pandemic and into the future. Any special events or happy hours you want to let people know about? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we don't really have it. Like I said, we're thinking about getting the bluegrass cranking up on the patios. Uh, we got great specials all the time, food and beverages. Uh, Two-for-one beers on Tuesdays is always a good thing. Free parking on 12 South. Free parking. <laughs> we did just start. We, we do have uh, PMC on our lot now, but if you go into the building, scan the QR code, you get four hours of free parking. Nice. So, yeah, we're, we're, we've fought that as long as we could, but... Four hours should be plenty of time to it go drink a couple, few should, beers, right? It should be plenty of time, and uh, to yeah. And what's the sign say in the front? If you don't park here, like it, if you're not at Twelve South Tap Room, don't be a dick or something. Like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. be a jerk. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't be a jerk. That didn't work so well. So we got to do extreme measures. Don't We're be a look, dick would have been, yeah. uh, been awesome. You know, yeah, it would have been awesome. Yeah. But yeah, trying to be a little PC, I guess. <laughs> Well, Will, it's an honor to have you here. Congratulations, and thank you for all you've done for this community and and everything, building community and the longevity. And go visit Will over at the 12 South Tap Room or the 51st Tap Room over in the nations, both amazing places if you're looking for an awesome local place to go have a really good beer. I think that's where you need to go. So. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a wonderful day. All right. Knock them dead. All right, and hey, look, we have our next guest already lined up, ready to go. Are you there, Stephanie? I'm here, Brandon. Hey, Stephanie, it's Chris. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Doing just fine. Excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Sorry, Stephanie, we're jumping right in. Will is exiting the studio, and you are in the studio now. Stephanie Still, who is my amazing sister, who is also a best of Nashville winner this year. That is something that you and I have in common. Chris has uh, anointed me in this particular podcast into that a couple years ago. And now Stephanie with her uh, business venture, which is called Killjoy, is a best of Nashville, best non-alcoholic, is it bottle shop? What, I'm trying to find the actual, what the the uh, best of Nashville was. Uh, best Best proof that zero proof isn't boring, I believe. Best proof that zero <laughs> proof isn't boring. Congratulations, Stephanie. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to prove. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Killjoy. Tell us about like what you're doing over there. How's it going and, and kind of the story behind it. I know you've told it a hundred times, but I think for our listeners, let's hear it again. Yeah, sure. Um, so Killjoy is a brick and mortar it's the shop in the Wedgwood Houston area kind of like a liquor store we sell beer and wine and spirits Um, with one twist everything is alcohol free Um, in addition to having the shop which is open uh, Tuesday through Saturday 11 to 7 we also host a lot of events so I think that's partially what they were referencing in the best of Nashville I think since this year in 2023 and we opened on April 1st we've hosted 44 events Wow. Yeah. That's a lot so, of events, Steph. All alcohol-free. Um, 
parties and fun stuff to do. So we're just, we're really building community and showing people that there's a new and different way to um, have a good time. Let's talk about some of these events. In the Best of Nashville, it says that you've hosted trivia nights, book clubs, author talks, dating events, and other fun parties. Tell us, what are those parties like? I mean, I think that part of this is education around the fact that you don't need alcohol to have fun, but tell us what those parties have um, been like. Yeah, well, I mean, so for example, on Saturday we had a like a non-alcoholic mixology class. So people came in, we welcomed them with a glass of organic French champagne that was de-alcoholized. And then they had a spot at the table where they had like a, um, you know, all, all the bar tools. And we had someone there who was a professional who was teaching about bartending. And then we mixed up three different cocktails and um, they got to, you know, shake them, play around, taste all of the stuff, drink the cocktails. And people were just mingling and, you know, have, having a real good time. It was, it was a party. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was an example of something that we do. So usually there's like some kind of activity, but a lot of the times there's not necessarily, we're doing happy hours. A lot of what we're doing is just educating people about the vast variety of different things you can drink that don't have alcohol in them. <laughs> so, for example, um, we have a happy hour coming up on November 3rd, and that's just going to be, you can just come hang out. We have a space adjacent to the shop where you can hang out, and we'll have um, a couple of guys there that are going to be opening up a kava bar. So they're going to be serving up fresh kava that they've made, and if you don't know what kava is, um, and that's kava with a K, it's a root from the South Pacific that kind of gives you like a, a little bit of a body buzz. doesn't give you a head change, but it makes you feel kind of relaxed. It's kind of the good parts of alcohol without any of the bad parts. That's amazing. We're introducing people to new things. Well, I, I go back and I remember sitting in the jacuzzi at our parents' house talking about this idea because we had both quit drinking and just how much better we felt and how much of a life change this is and you're kind of like it wouldn't it be awesome because there's no bar out there that's exclusively for people that don't drink and when you go places it's it's almost like you're this hey I'm the weird one who doesn't drink and you're like what if there was a place that people could go and you had all the vibe of a bar and people could order drinks and it could feel normal but there's no alcohol. So there it's, it's really a safe place that you could feel normal and it'd be so much fun. And I feel like you've executed on that so well. You've created this really cool shop that has all the non-alcoholic options. You've got books there. If people want to learn more about not drinking or just kind of like sober curious, what is this lifestyle like without being pushy? Like you need to do this. Like, Hey, look, this is your own thing. We're just supplying these products you don't have to, you know, liquor stores sell non-alcoholic products now. And you can go every time I go, or if I walk into somewhere to buy a non-alcoholic beer, there's also bottles of bourbon and all this other stuff, which can be triggering. So for you, you offer these products in a safe place. There's education around them. And then you host all these events that are kind of like being at a bar or being at a, a social event, but there's no alcohol, but you still get the joy of having a drink with friends and without the regrets. Is there a question in that, Brandon? It's just a comment. It's just, a, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I just think it's so, I'm just so proud of her because this idea that we were sitting around talking about what do you want to call it and all this stuff. And then now she's a best of Nashville winner 
first doing for executing on this and really making it happen. It just warms my, it just makes, I'm just so proud of you, Steph. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. So, so I've got a question that I'm curious about. You know, when I when I write about non-alcoholic drinks, a lot of cases it's either someone that's trying to replicate the flavor of a cocktail, or it's someone that's trying to come out with a brand new concoction. You know, something that mm-hmm. you would not. It's not somebody like you know Seedlip trying to make you think you're having a gin and tonic. Um, do you see both trends growing, or is one you know, among your customers, are they looking for something new or are they looking for a replacement for a flavor they already knew? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think right now both exist. So there's definitely replacements that are trying to be a perfect facsimile of the alcoholic version. And we have all of that and we have people who are looking for that. However, I think the space that is really growing is the space for um, just new and different products. And that, to me, is really fun and exciting because, like, you know, maybe you've tried a non-alcoholic whiskey and you go, man, this tastes weird. Like, well, why do we really need that, (laughs) you know? um, And it's great because you can make, say, an old-fashioned if you really want one and that's what you really miss. But also now there's all these new spirits that have new flavors and and the space that's expanding rapidly is the functional beverages, so drinks that have adaptogens in them. And are kind of trying to give you, give you a good feeling and and make you a little bit healthier while you have your drink. And there's a lot of fun stuff that's growing in that space. And I I I just want to share. I've been seeing a meme going around this week that says um, alcohol is boomer technology. And I think that that's really true because people are realizing like there's a different way to catch a buzz and to have fun, and you don't have to feel like garbage the next day. Well, and that, so leaves, I, that leads me to one more question. So as someone, you know, both you and Brandon kind of thought leaders in this concept of, you know, having fun without alcohol, but still making it sociable, where does the rise of CBD and, and Delta 9 drinks fit into that? Is that something that you actively promote and in, include in your offering, or is that too close to the other side of what people are trying to get away from? It is something that we include. Um, a lot of our customers are, a lot of our customers are not sober. A lot of our customers are curious. A lot of them are just trying to be a little bit healthier. Um, and many of them are what people call California sober, Cali sober. So we have, um, we have several drinks that have THC in them as well as CBD, kava, and kratom. So we're, you know, it's, every person is on their own journey and we're just trying to be supportive. And I mean, mainly to make sure there's no alcohol in anything. That's, that's kind of our only, our only guidelines. Well, and it's so good that you're offering something that's interesting, you know, after generations of, if, if you were at a bar with friends and didn't want to drink, you were down to just mixers and juices. You know, yeah. If you're lucky, they'd give you sweet yeah. tea. Or there's a you kid's know. table, you know, you go somewhere and there's a bar somewhere. You're like, what do you have non-alcoholic? Like, Oh, over in that little bucket over there, there's some Coke and Sprite and juice. And you're like, that's it? Well, and dare I say, at the best of national party, the only option was Red Bull or water. Ooh, you must not have advertised with the scene. (laughs) We had lots of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Next year we need... Let's talk before next year. Yeah, absolutely. Next year you need to have a whole table there, so... I, you know, I'm all for it. And they did at the at the CMA Awards. 
You know, it's interesting because the CMA is all about, you know, drinking and partying. Backstage in Nissan Stadium, she was set up there with a whole non-alcoholic tent, like a, a, a bar where she was serving non-alcoholic cocktails to all the people backstage at Nissan Stadium because it's not just, you know, it's not just people. are so it, It's a lot of people are really into this movement. I was just at a kickoff for High Rise in Nashville. You know, the, they're out of, out of Charleston, but... They signed a deal with Sony Music to be the official non-alcoholic uh, option for Sony. That's amazing. I saw that. So that's something also I wanted to touch on, Stephanie. That um, and we got we got three minutes left, and you get to do your actual acceptance speech. Um, and we'll welcome in Sean Porter. But what we uh, is that an option for people? If you're out there, if you're a bar and you want to do trainings or you want to d- get up your game in non-alcoholic, is that something that you'll come and set up for and help people with? Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is to shoot me an email, but if you go on our website, which is killjoyclub.com or my Instagram, killjoynash, um, I'm, I'm widely available on the internet. I'm, I'm all over that social media. What is the club? Is there a club associated with it? The Killjoy Club? Is there a club you can join? I mean, you can join our email list. No, when we first started, we started by doing pop-ups, and we were calling it Killjoy Club, and then we kind of dropped the club. So um, it's just it's just something to confuse people. It's kind of bad marketing. <laughs> well, I'm glad I brought that up then. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's, not it. it's, it's not the club. It's just email. No, also, yeah. <laughs> also, this is important to note, Killjoy Club is also a band. Is it really? We're going to guess. Yeah, and it's people from Insane Clown Posse and I think 3-6 Mafia. Woo, woo! <laughs> so, yeah, you be careful. Don't way. take that. You're going to get, like, hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So, Stephanie, one of the things we ask people to do as we wrap this up is to give an actual acceptance speech for your Best of Nashville Award. Um, proof that zero proof can be uh, fun. Isn't boring. Isn't boring. That's right. Zero proof isn't boring. I'm sorry, Stephanie. I've butchered this three times. I don't have my notes in front of me. Just, just off the cuff. The mic is yours, Stephanie. Talk to the city of Nashville. Congratulations. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has supported this movement. Thank you to the Nashville scene. Thank you to Margaret Lippman, who's been a supporter since day one. Um, thank you to everyone who's come to the shop, to everyone that's come out to events, to anybody that's pushed outside of their comfort zone to find out what is this all about? You know, that's, uh, that takes bravery. It takes courage. And I'm so grateful for the community in Nashville that we were able to build this. And I hope that we can build it much, much bigger in the years to come. And that, yeah, next year we'll be at that party, man. Excellent. We'll look forward to having you there. I don't get to say this to too many guests when they leave, when I say goodbye, but I love you. I think you're amazing. And I'm so proud of you, Stephanie. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Love you too. All right. Oh, well, I love Sean. I love (laughs) Oh, I got to get my I love both of you. Well, this is this is something I've talked about the other day. I, I maybe I talked about it on the show. Maybe I didn't release the episode. I don't know, but I was talking somebody was saying something about Sean Porter and I go, "I think I have a bromance with this guy." Like I I think that what you're doing out there is so freaking cool in Thank you. every and I love how authentic 
you are. You just don't give a fuck. You're just like, let's go. That I is don't, true. I do not. I, and there's there's something so refreshing about that because I don't have that ability. Like I think about everything. I you're just like, this is me, man. Yeah. Here, you here it what, is. You get what it is, baby. I'm in sweatpants and a tee right now. Let's rock and roll. I was at a show at Ascend and uh, Daddy's Dogs had just <laughs> kind of opened up down there. And so I walked down and started talking to Sean. And while we're talking, I, I noticed that the gas line behind his grill is on fire and dripping molten rubber on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, Sean, you, you want to do something about that? And <laughs> he just looked at the two young people working like, hey, guys. Turn that off. Fix that. Come on. We got dogs to make. Yep. Sometimes. Hey, you're, you're literally on fire right now. <laughs> yeah. In in an outdoor concert venue. Yeah. At least we were outdoors, right? Yeah. Well, we opened Chagos, right? We did this opening. I called you. We have friends and family. And I texted Sean. I said, hey, we got friends and family. I'd love to have you come by. And he's like, well, I'm in Chicago. And I went, oh, okay. Well, no time. He goes, well, I'm just here. I'm waiting on it. I got a flight tonight. I could probably change my flight to come in earlier. And I was like, well, it's just, a, you can come in anytime. It's fine. <laughs> and seven o'clock, the dude, six o'clock, I don't know what time it was, but like, here he comes walking in the restaurant. I was like, I just cut an earlier flight, man. Happy to be here to support you. And, this, and it meant so much to me that you came out and you too, Chris, just to come out and, and cause we, you know, when you work that hard to open something oh, yeah. and people in your community come out to support you, it's just, it's everything. And it was just such a a nice gesture of you to make it. And then the next night at seven o'clock, we have a woman come in with a box, 20 hot dogs to feed the staff after our second night of friends and families. Like, I'm just going to send you guys a bunch of hot dogs and take care of you. I, it's just one of those things like, how does that? That's just amazing. Like you're just an amazing guy, man. It's <laughs> just so you, kind man. of you. I appreciate it. No. And by the way, uh, I think you guys, I, the food you guys made me that night, I took home to my girlfriend and, now it's her favorite Mexican place. We order it on Uber all the time. So, And I think it may be my fault that I go see Sean and his grill catches on fire. And then I go <laughs> see you at Friends and Family. And it was like disco night because we had... The alarm kept going off. We oh, had a yeah. strobe light flashing over our table because the alarm kept going off. And you know what? As a food writer, I'm fine with that. I know Friends and Family oh. is a shakeout cruise. Yep. That's what it's for. Yeah, yeah. But when you for, double yeah. the size of the kitchen... And you add a lot of equipment. It creates, and we have a, a grill and the whole thing. It creates a lot of smoke. And then the the fire, we had brand new everything in there. And the, the fire alarm was super sensitive. So they had, they came in and they adjusted the sensitivity of the alarm. They're like, this, this is on really sensitive. We're like, it's not on fire. This is a kitchen. We've yeah. doubled the equipment in here. Where we've upped the fans on the hoods. We've done all this. But like those, that's why you learn. That's what you do. You come in there. We haven't had the fire. We had the fire alarm go off six times. Like two nights later, and we were like, "Yeah, no more, no more. We got, we got to stop this." Oh, and the, of course, the fire department comes and they're out front, and we're like, "We're good, thank you. It's it's done." No. Was the fire alarm going off when you were there? Yep, yep, yep. The strobe yep. light. We would like the disco effect. You know, there are some problems you just have to shovel money at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, oh boy, there's a lot of those. <laughs> you well, you're opening restaurants like it's going out of style yeah, over tell, here you have so many <laughs> describe the whole empire now oh man it's uh it's growing that's for sure getting more gray hairs and gray beards that's for dang sure um so yeah last year we opened up our first kind of out of nashville spot over in gatlinburg partnered with yeehaw brewing and old smoky moonshine and 
up at Ober Gatlinburg up there on the mountain. It's really cool. I love Ober Gatlinburg. Doesn't it look like like a seventies porn set? It totally does. Yeah. It totally did. <laughs> yeah. They've redone yeah. it. They've redone it. Uh, you know. Uh, like tenfold, and it's it's awesome. They're putting in zip lines. They're doing another mountain coaster. Okay, they so it's a, a different kind of porn movie then. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gone to like a 2015, 2020. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I've never seen anything like that anywhere. Uh. Um, yeah, and then we've done we've you know we've added a card out in Knoxville for the weekends. Same thing with Yeehaw and Old Smokey there. Um, you know. Expanded into Nissan Stadium last year, as well as Jodis when it opened up. And now we're getting ready to do this spot down in Franklin at the factory. Everybody that's going in there is so excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. It's going to be really good. I just wish, you know, we were able to get going on it. We've been in the permit process for, like, almost two months down there now, and it's been a pain in the butt. I know what that's like. Yeah, for sure. And and same thing with Madison. You know, we, uh, we probably announced it a little too soon but it was like you know we just got to do this and now we're like we don't really know when it's going to kind of happen and come to fruition but we're just playing playing the game but it's coming it is yeah it's in process it's just everything takes way longer than you think it does and you know it's way more expensive and all that kind of stuff than we thought it would be and I think we went into it a little naive you know the shop of the nations we built out for I did all the work and built it out for 60,000 bucks and this one is going to be way more expensive than that and I'm not able to do all the work so and printer's alley was basically just like throwing up a window and pretty much yeah, yeah that one was that one you know I think we from the time we signed the lease to the open date was three weeks wow. and so uh, you know I like to move quick I don't I don't like sitting and you know waiting on other people to do things and unfortunately that's kind of what you have to do in those like new build processes and and uh, so it's definitely been a learning experience, you know, not getting my hopes up of like, oh, yeah, we'll sign this lease and we'll be open four months later. You know, we got a whole place to build. And, you know, I guess construction just doesn't work like that if you're not doing it yourself. Well, and, you know, the the balls you have to take on the risk with a low unit cost. You know, if you're somebody that's four months delayed, but you're going to end up with a $100 bill average. Yeah. You know, that's. That's not as big a deal as if you're four months delayed and you're selling a $12 hot dog. Yeah. You know, because you've got to work a lot harder to to pay off those downtimes. So Totally. And, you know, I think that'll be, well, I, I think it'll be all right. I'm hoping it will. Um, you know, I I've love that location up in Madison, and, and I think it's, uh, it's going to be good for the company as a whole as we, like, start expanding and looking outside of Nashville. And if we go the franchise route or even when we're building – you know, new places of our own, if, if, if that's the route we go, uh, it kind of gives us something to go off of all, everything we have now is too unique and too like spider web. We always call it like a web. And, uh, so it's not very sellable to a franchisee model. There's a lot more work that has to go into those kind of things than, you know, a lot of franchise owners want to do. And, uh, and you can't just tell them you need this many square feet and, these 18 pieces of equipment exactly and you not need to yet. have 150 grand in working capital mm-hmm. you're more of the hermit crab like here's a space where i can make some hot dogs exactly and so <laughs> this this one in madison is definitely going to be the kind of the flagship model and so you know we're spending more time and more energy and more money on it but i think in the end i want a good really solid product that we're going to be able to bring somebody into and be like hey this is daddy's dogs like 
outs, you know, this is what you're going to get if, if we go that franchise route or even, you know, bring other builders there. If we go to Kentucky or whatever and say, this is what I want, you know? Well, and I think your sports concession business is another one that could be plug and play wherever you want to grow the brand. Cause yeah, for just, sure, you're just killing it. Thank you. And Nissan. Yeah, we, we do pretty well there. Cost of entry is a little high, but like, you know, you got to play the game to, to make the money. Um, and we've been doing a ton of festivals and stuff. We've been on the NASCAR circuit this year a lot. I think we're going to try to do most of the races next year. Um, I just got back from Vegas last night. We did a big NASCAR event there two weekends ago. And then this past weekend we did a festival called when we were young and it was like a surreal nostalgic moment for me. Cause it was most of the bands I toured with back, right. you know, 10 years ago before I started daddy's all playing. And so it was like bringing hot dogs into that world was just a big merge of, you know, two lives kind of, and ton of fun. And the festival side of things has been a really good learning experience. And we're hoping to kind of, you know, do kind of triple what we did this year in festivals and have, I think that's a great way for us to get the brand name out there outside of Tennessee and outside of kind of the, the strongholds we have now. Well, that's, that's another one of the reasons why you're one of my heroes. I mean, I'm in, I'm in my second career. I did 25 years in the paper business, selling paper to printers, and then I saw Kendall. Michael Scott. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'd like to think I was a Jim, but I was probably more of a Dwight. But, uh, <laughs> but got out of that business in 2008, which was a fine time to get out of the paper business. Like I said, yeah, I, you I, did I, good. I saw Kendall, and I thought, hmm. You know, this might not be a retirement business, so got out and started this second career in food, food, drink, and travel writing, and it's certainly been rewarding. I mean, I won't say it's as financially rewarding as the peak of you know owning a company, but um, I love seeing that you found a bliss that you wanted to do and had this innate business talent that might not have been known about when you were you know people knew you were a great tour manager. But did they know you could run a staff of how many people you got on the payroll now? Oh, yeah. not as not enough, not <laughs> enough. If you're out there listening yeah, yeah. and you need a job, <laughs> come on. Um, no, I think we've got like thirty right now. Um, it fluctuates a lot. Kind of, you know, summertime we're up to like when we do Bonnaroo, just at Bonnaroo alone, we've got like sixty-five people out there, and then I've got thirty-five, forty back in Nashville. And a lot of those are gig gig hires sure. and kind of you know temp workers and stuff but um you know when we get open madison and we get the franklin spot open we're we're hopefully going to kind of be around the 60 70 range for employees once we kind of get there so how does chapter two feel oh chapter this feels slower than i want to go like i said i'm 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 like let's go kind of guy and like and so this waiting kind of game and is is just difficult but um i'm excited for it that's for sure uh you know it's kind of, there's always that, like, can I do this again? You know, like in the back of my mindset. And, uh, but, you know, I'm confident now. I'm more confident than I was the first time we did it. And, you know, I, I know that the, the system's better. We've got better systems and I've got more people around me that I can lean on than we did before. It was me and me and my partner and swinging hammers in there and like, you know, basically in the corner crying at night like are we gonna fucking open this thing <laughs> but that's what does that's the character of every that that's what being an entrepreneur is sometimes yeah. you know i mean you don't it's tough sometimes because i 
we were the same way at Chaga. We were there yep. every day at Chaga. It was like, I'll paint this. I'm out there pressure washing the front. You know, I had a woman come by and, do you know when they're going to open? And I said, yeah, we're going to open. She's like, oh, you work here? And I go, she's like, what do, what do you know? And I said, well, I'm the director of operations. Like, and you're out here pressure washing? And I'm like, that's what we do. <laughs> I don't have a team of people that does all this stuff. This yep. is, you got to get it done. Yeah, I mean, I get that all the time at the shop when, like, I'll walk by somebody and someone will, like, give me that look like, are you, are you that guy painted right there? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, we didn't think you were a real guy. Or, like, we didn't think you'd be here. We thought you were on an island somewhere. And I was like, lady, I wish I could afford an island. Oh, was, when, <laughs> you, when he came into Chagos that night, he was sitting at the bar, and he had a hat on that says, Daddy. And the bartender, her name is Keely. And, uh, and she's like, and I said, did you meet Sean? And she says, yeah, we've, and I go, you know who he is? And she goes, and I go, he's daddy of daddy's dogs. And, she was, and you'd think she like the Brad Pitt walked in. She was like, oh my God, you're dad. Oh my God. Like she was so excited, man. It was, I, uh, you get that a lot. I imagine. I do. And I love it every moment. That's like the, the, you know, when I was in touring and doing the band thing, you're behind the scenes a lot. And so you see kind of the lead singers and now I'm the lead singer of this thing. And so it's nice to like get that. And like, I love when people are like, I love your hot dogs or, you know, when we were coming back from Vegas, there's a ton of people on that plane that were like, went to the festival and we're like, Holy cow. Like we didn't know you were out here and this is awesome. We're going to find you get dogs and all that kind of stuff. And so well, you know brilliant what this, marketing. What this means to me is just enough people haven't seen your uh, your videos. Yeah. Because if you've Follow seen his videos, you know who Sean is. You know who Big Daddy is. MacIver Mondays. Yeah. MacIver Mondays. It's sober October right now for me. So what, I got six days, and then it's back back to making some good stuff. Well, I, I had you drink this. I gave you a fat bottom hop fizz. Yeah. What do you think of that? It's pretty good, man. It's, it's, uh, it's hoppy water. It's hoppy water. Yeah. There's there's Sierra Nevada does one. We have some different things. This is local. This is made right there in the nations. Yeah. And they've created this new hop fizz water, which we're going to work with the Giving Kitchen on. We're going to have a, a Nashville restaurant radio hop fizz water. I've got a bunch of it here in the studio. I'm having everybody taste it, see what they think. We're trying to get as many placements as we can because this is going to help restaurant workers. And there's zero calories, zero anything in it but it, it's a nice clean crisp flavor and it's in a yeah. tall boy can so it's just kind of a nice little if you're doing sober october this isn't available until november um but you well, can get it at the tap room right now they have it on draft if you go to fat bottom but this will be something that's coming out in november so i'm just letting everybody taste it they can yeah it's delicious it's i pretty, really like pretty it. good yeah. isn't it definitely like you know it's you guys were talking before with uh stephanie stephanie yeah um and uh I totally, being sober, I was just in Vegas and like, you know, you, you're around it 24 seven all day. And, uh, so just, you know, being that guy in the corner with like the water bottle, this is like, at least you kind of feel like, oh, I'm with the crew, you know, you that's know? my everyday life. Yeah. My oh, life I, is I drink coffee or like, it, yeah. I love going to ascend because they have the, um, the liquid, liquid death waters yeah. and I can drink a liquid death sparkling water while I'm out there. And I'm yep. like. I feel like I have a tall boy in my hand. I know you pay $9 for a water and you're like, fuck, but at the same point, I can enjoy a concert and drink two or three of those and yep. it, I throw a lime in there. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. They have a, the mango one is really good, I believe. The liquid Chris has, mango. Chris has left his seat. He had to gear up a tall he boy. He had to go get a, a tall boy, a hop fizz. 
can make this part of the vernacular around here. Have a hop fizz. Hop fizz. Can't let my boy Sean drink alone. Right? Well, it's a it's the flavor. Everybody that I've t- had one taste one is like, man, that's delicious, man. That's got really good flavor. And if you go to a bar, you could sit at a bar and drink one of those, and it kind of looks like you're drinking a tall boy. And it kind of has that beer flavor, but it's just water. No, the big issue I hear people, a lot of people with the non-alcoholic beers is, so I'm drinking a beer, I'm still getting the calories, yeah. but I'm not getting anything else. It's like drinking decaf coffee or something. It's like, yeah. I I want the caffeine. That's why I drink beer. This is no cal. It's just kind of a nice little... And you it's still refreshing. have the feeling of drinking a beer. Yeah, I feel like the, the NA beer, I've had a few. I don't, they're not my jam, but they're still heavy. Like, I end, and I'm like, fuck, I'm full. Yeah. You know? These, like, I feel like you pound you those. put these down. I was talking to Josh Buckley, who's the CEO over there, and uh, they just do an amazing job with a lot of the stuff that they do over at Fat Bottom. But And, and they're going to... The, let the cat out of the bag. They're gonna be. We're gonna be partnering with them on a lot of stuff because nice. I love what they're doing. But Gosh, I think great I, guy. I think they secretly created this so that they don't get drunk at work. Because <laughs> you think if you go to a meeting with anybody over at Fat Bottom Brewery and you sit down, you're like, "Let's have a beer." And how many meetings do you have in a day? And if every meeting you got to drink a beer, you're like, "Dude, I drank a six pack today just having meetings at work." Well, now they can have one of these, and it's here, cheers, I'm just going to drink this thing. And you kind of get the same feeling of we're drinking our product here together, but I have no alcohol in this now. And totally. everybody that was working there had a glass of this nice. going at the same time. I'm like, oh, I see why you guys are doing yeah. this. Nice. This cuts back a lot on the uh, the drinking at work kind of situation. Yeah, I bet, I bet. So we could talk to you all day long about everything. Let's talk all we, day. We might, but... You're here today because you are a Best of Nashville winner. Three times. He won three. He was snubbed by the writers this year, by the way. But that's okay because you can only give so much love. Chris didn't think anything of you, but the readers. Hey, I gave him (laughs) most inventive beer box slash bong last year. He did. Which is a fantastic thing. That is is probably the best writer's pick I can imagine. That's a great writer's pick to do. We're going to get back into that conversation in a minute, how you guys choose those. But you won best hot dogs. Yep. This is all the readers. The readers are saying best hot dog. Uh, You have best late night eats. Mm -hmm. Late night king. Put the crown on it. Late night king. Now here's the other king thing that I don't. I touched on this last year when when you when we had you on for this sort of a thing. Best place for a romantic meal. Mm-hmm. Daddy, how many years in a row? Three. Three years in a row. Best romantic restaurant. Best place to have a romantic dinner. Let's talk about that. Because <laughs> well, some talk. would say Druzy and Dar or Bourbon Steak, which won best restaurant in both of those. Those are romantic places to take somebody. Yep. Yet Daddy's Dogs is the best romantic. Let's talk about that that yeah. win here because you do a big event in we do. Valentine's Day. We do, and it, it's one of our favorite things to do every year. This year, we're like upping it again. We're we're. I'll tell you the details after the this, so I can't ruin it for the everybody yet. But, but. you're renting out all of Geodas Park. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I wish we could go that big. But no, man. Four hundred thousand dollars yeah. of damage to the field. <laughs> yeah, let's get another new field. Um, but it's you know it's just fun. It's there's so much pressure on Valentine's Day. I feel like for a lot of people. And, you know, where are we going to go? Are we, you know, I'm going to spend all this money at these five-star restaurants and stuff. And so we kind of take that out of it, and we just – it's just fun. And it's very low-key, 
but we like, you know, we get our servers in like the tuxedo t-shirts and we have a band playing saxophone and keyboards and all that kind of stuff. And we put a fire in the middle of our little tented area and do something way different than we nor- what we normally do and do table side service. And it's a coursed out meal that, you know, you got appetizers and salad and you got, you know, you get to pick which dog you want off the menu and then you get dessert at the end and comes with a 40 in a champagne bucket and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, the 40 on ice, classic. Um, and so it's, it's just... It's the champagne of beer. Right, exactly. is, is it high life? Tell me it's high yeah, life. Of course. It's that's a 40 of, of high yeah. life. Of oh, course. That's beautiful. And so, you know, it's just something that we, like, decided kind of at the end of COVID when it was kind of wrapping up and something, you know, to kind of come out of that swinging and, you know, just it's the slowest time for our restaurant, you know, it's all outdoors and stuff. And so how can we do something that's going to like drive more traffic here and awareness, obviously. Um, and then it just kind of compounded. And the first year we kind of took a swing at winning best romantic dinner and we did. And then I was like, well, now we got to like really up the game every year. And so what do you do? Do you promote it? Hey, vote for us. Oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely promote it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and do that, and you know, sort of the sort of the other restaurants. A lot of times, I think Margo, my sh- my buddy, uh, is the chef over there. I think she just gave up because she's like, "Well, they're just going to keep winning this," <laughs> and so they don't, they stopped advertising for that one. But well, I will tell you, second place was Bourbon Steak by yeah. Michael Mina, and third place was Bastion. Yeah, which I don't. I mean, Bastion's a, I think best restaurant contender for sure. I don't. Bastion's delicious. I mean, it's just there's it's such an experience. I don't know how romantic maybe they've all got a crush on josh or lauren so yeah so that makes it romantic <laughs> for him so maybe <laughs> it's a thing so that one last thing that you don't get enough credit for but talk about the community you built during covid you know inviting people in the work you did to turn that parking lot <laughs> into the place where people came together sometimes yeah for the first time or the only time in six months yeah i mean you know, we were fortunate enough a little bit. Our setup is very COVID friendly. You know, you, there's no indoor seating. You don't really interact with anyone except through a window. And so that we had on our favor. And as it kind of progressed, I, you know, music shut down, all this kind of thing shut down. And, you know, those are my people. Like, that's where I cut my teeth. And I, I learned how to kind of market and do these different things trial and error with these different bands and stuff and so you know we wanted to be able to do something for them that could keep them afloat during everything and so you know we ended up doing a thing any touring member that just showed me a laminate would eat for free until COVID was kind of over um and at least till things started opening back up so that was one thing we did and then you know it just kept dragging on and and so three four months without any live music here it was like this is music city and and so what can we do to change that you know how can we do it safely and all that kind of stuff and so you know I got to thinking one day and I I think I just watched the Beatles documentary and I was like at my shop and probably a little stoned and just looked at my like storage containers and was like man we could put a band up there that'd be pretty cool and just drew on a napkin or whatever, like this little drawing of like a guy on a stage over these containers. And I posted it on this uh, tour uh, website that I'm on called Bobnet. I was like, could anybody do this? 
And like, you know, I'm thinking about doing a drive in kind of series with, with bands and whatnot. And, uh, elite down in off of Cohen street, elite multimedia, like hit me up and was like, we could do it. Like our guys are like chomping at the bit to do something like, you know, here's the price. If you can get there, we'll do this. And it was very low. It was like, okay. You know, he's basically like, this will pay my guys for the, the couple of days. We're donating all the like equipment. So we did it. Um, you know, and I talked to Tennessee contractors association, which is like right down the street from us, rents heavy equipment to get like generators and some lights and all that kind of stuff in. They donated those too, which has been really cool. And they've been an awesome neighbor. Um, in reality for us, they, help us with a ton of stuff um and so then i started calling bands and i was like hey you know no one's playing called my friend cassidy pope um she was probably one of the first ones i called and you know we called maddie and tay laney wilson opened it up for us so we had some like huge names on this and uh laney hadn't like quite blown up yet but you could see that she was going to for oh yeah i mean um you know some of the old people i toured with chris allen and and Adam Hambrick and Austin Jenks. And, you know, we just, we had these stars that like wanted to do it and they were willing to do it for free. And, you know, we, so then it kind of went out and we, you know, started promoting it. And, you know, most of the news stations in town picked it up. Rolling Stone picked it up, which was crazy. Time Magazine. Um, so we got just a ton of like love from all those kind of things from that. And, you know, it, Every night we were packed, like, you know, the the night Maddie and Tay played, the, we were getting just phone call after phone call of, like, can you turn this music down? There's It's too loud. And we are just like, turn it up, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, and or, the, or there's, like, there's people blocking my driveway. And I was like, well, I, I, I can't do anything about that. Like, where are you you're going? not even supposed to go anywhere <laughs> anyway. So yeah. come on down. Like, grab a dog and, you know, walk across the street. That's it. And so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was something that like looking back, like was, I think it, it changed our business, honestly. And I think like it was kind of the, uh, the catapult for us as a company that kind of got us out of the, out of the nightlife scene only. And like, you know, before that, mostly we were doing carts on the streets and, and printers alley and all that kind of stuff. And so that was all shut down. And so like, not a lot of people knew our shop was even there. It was kind of our, our commissary kitchen. And so that really opened up a lot new, a lot more eyes and a lot more, uh, just, you know, focus in, into that space than we had kind of done before. Well, I agree. And it was, it was literally and spiritually nourishing at a time when the city needed that. And, you know, it nourished the musicians that wanted to play. And I remember the first time I went to some drive-by concert and just to hear live music for the first time in, in six months, it makes you tear up. Yeah. You know, and that you were able to bring that to your fans. You were able to literally feed them, keep them safe. Um, that's a best of forever for me. Thank you, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was an definite experience I'll never forget for sure. I remember just standing up on stage like every night, pretty much crying and being like, thank you guys for showing up. Like, you know, getting a little emotional about it now just cause it, you know, it was just a weird time. Like nobody knew 
what to do. And so it was like being able to do something and kind of with the blessing of the city and with the blessing of all these people around. Except um, for those people across the street. Except for, yeah, except for that neighbor, <laughs> Kathy, down the way. Um, but, you know, it was it was fulfilling for me in a different kind of way than just like people being like, I love your hot dogs. You know, it was, it was very like, it was just a moving experience for sure. I love that man. That's why I love this guy. He's not just a big cuddly guy. <laughs> He's also a, a local treasure. A hundred percent. I know. A hundred percent. No, and thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having me. You heard us with Stephanie. You get to do the official acceptance speech. Yeah. And uh, we're we're gonna turn that over to you now. You're gonna kind of say whatever you want to say. Best hot dog. You could do three of them if you want. Best hot dog. Best late night eats and most romantic dinner. <laughs> Hey, you know, well, thank you first for the Nashville scene. Want to thank the uh, one and only me for working so hard. Oh, he's going Snoop Dogg <laughs> on us. He's going Snoop Dogg. I love it. I'm going to let you finish. Oh, oh, oh. oh okay. Um, like to thank me for me. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, no, and, you know, love this city. Uh, I always say this to everybody. Nashville is still the land of opportunity, and you can come here with a dream. You can make it happen if you work hard enough. You are good to people. You treat them right. They will treat you right, and they will love you back. And, uh, you know, if there's haters in your life, use that as the energy to prove them wrong because you will be able to do that in this town. Um, And, you know, thank you again for everybody who voted, and we will see you this February for Valentine's Day. There it is. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sean, yeah, um, for joining us here today and, and for all that you do for the city. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You're awesome, dude. It means a lot. And we look forward to the scoop on the, on the Valentine's this year so we can make our reservations early. For sure. Is that the thank you edition? Has, or is it? Oh, no. That's coming out. Tomorrow, right? No, that, we do that around Thanksgiving. Oh, it is? Yeah. I think my deadline is tomorrow. I can't remember. <laughs> the thank you edition? It's Hey Thanks. Oh. We give Hey Thanks out for uh, just people that deserve to be recognized. So oh, no, nice. I meant the um, the next issue after the best of. No, that is the best of right there. Oh, okay. The one where you guys get, where you get to say thanks. You did the ad in there. And yeah, says, we did a good oh, little ad in there this year, I feel like. I think that one's already come out because this is two weeks ago. Okay. So. Yeah, I, f- I forget that this was two weeks ago. I know. It's crazy. Time flies. We try and do this like the day it comes out, usually, but... I was out of town. It's my damn fault. Well, we also didn't plan it very well. I got a lot going on, man. But you know what? That's okay. That's that's what we do here. All right, Sean, thank you so much for coming by studio, too. I mean, this guy says, I'm going to come in and do this in person. I'm an in-person guy. Zoom ain't my jam, you know? It's not my thing. I love it. All right, well, we're going to come back here in just a second. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and we're going to come back with kind of the rest of the intro. I want to learn more about the reader's pick, the writer's picks, and kind of some of the different thoughts you had around making this episode. And we're going to finish up this episode here in just a moment. Be right back. Hey, guys, we are supported by Sharpie's Bakery, and we've been supported by Sharpie's Bakery for the last year. And I tell you, I couldn't be more proud of this partnership. Guys, they're a locally owned and operated bakery right here in Nashville for the last 36 years. Yes, they deliver fresh baked bread daily to your restaurant's back door 
and man is it good you want to know what kind of bread they make go check them out at sharpiesbakery.com that's c-h-a-r-p-i-e-r-s bakery.com so they have over 200 types of bread and if you're wondering well hey look it's a special recipe that i like to use that you know we bake it in our house and it's just it's a kind of a pain but we we like to do it they can take your recipe and make that bread for you without any of the hassle the mess the labor They'll just deliver right to your door every single day. It is freshly baked. They love to give you a tour of their facility. Give Erin Moso a call. Her number is 615-319-6453. You should do it now. What Chefs Want story is incredibly unique. The owner, Ron Turnier, met with a bunch of chefs in Louisville back in the early 2000s and asked them one simple question. What do you want? And the chefs, they responded emphatically. We want deliveries on Sunday. We want to be able to split any item that you sell. We want a frictionless experience where we feel like we're being served. And so you know what he did? Something crazy. He did just that. So What Chefs Want is not only a company that's delivering fresh produce, fresh seafood, fresh custom cut meats, specialty items, dairy, gourmet, all of that seven days a week, they also offer 24-7 customer support. You wanna call, you wanna text, you wanna email, you can talk to somebody 24-7. Get your delivery seven days a week and an amazing selection of products. That is what chefs want. So if you ever wonder why do they call it that, that's your reason. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Hey, this is Jason Ellis with Nashville Super Source. We're so proud to be a sponsor for Nashville Restaurant Radio. We would love the opportunity to discuss your chemical and dish machine program with you. If you have any needs or any questions about your current program, opening a new restaurant, or just need a double set of eyes on that, we'd love the opportunity to help you with that. My number is 770-337-1143. We don't do any contracts, no minimums, weekly service to make sure that all your equipment is functioning properly. Make sure you have everything that you need. Again, my name is Jason Ellis, 770-337-1143. All right, welcome back to the Best of Nashville episode. I'm joined here with Chris Chamberlain, well, you seem to be enjoying your uh, Hop Fizz from Fat Bottom Brewery. Unofficially brought to you by Hop Fizz, sparkling water with hops and natural flavors, which I am really impressed by. And I'm not just saying that because you handed it to me and said, drink this. I mean, this Well, is, you went and got it yourself. I did. I mean. But essentially, indirectly, I said that. I am not afraid of a morning beer. And this is a much better idea than a morning <laughs> beer. <laughs> it really, it's. It's doing it for me. I like this. It's a, it's first time I had it. I was, I was nervous because they told he came in here and told me about it. They had it on draft, and I was like, "Man, that's not that's a great option for me as a non drinker." Then I went and had it, and I was like, "Okay, I can get behind this. This is really delicious." It's kind of interesting that they list brewer's yeast as one of the ingredients there because it's more than just hops. I mean, if it was just hoppy water, it would taste like bong water, <laughs> you know. But this tastes like a nice, lightly hopped light beer with no alcohol. So. But it's a clear water with no calories. Listen, I'm getting into my my pitch here. It's a light beer. It's a light, hoppy, fizzy water. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Available in November through uh, your distributor. I, I got to, I'll have to find out who the exact distributor is, I want to say. That uh, will make it a lot easier for people to find it yes. if they want to add it to their restaurants. More information coming soon. 
I'm just letting everybody try it for now and, and building up a, uh, my wife loves it. I love it. I've, I've yet to have somebody say, I don't like it. I don't like it. My 10 year old actually did not like it. That's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> Dad, can I try that? I'm like, sure. He's like, that's disgusting. I'm like, good. I'm glad you don't like that. Well, it's better than, Daddy, can I try an IPA next? Can I? <laughs> <laughs> He's tried a, a non-alcoholic IPA one time. Just to, you know, kids want to try stuff. I'm like, you want to try this? It's non-alcoholic. You can try it. And um, he didn't like that. He said, that is the d- most disgusting thing I've ever. It was like a Beck's non-alcoholic or something. And he was like, yeah, that's the worst tasting I've ever had in my life. I'm like, good. You keep that till you're 21. It's kind of like that old King of the Hill episode where Hank tries to keep Bobby from smoking him by making him smoke the whole pack. <laughs> He's like, Bobby, I just wish someone had had the parenting skills to do this for me when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good impression right there. You're hotboxing it, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's like, this is fantastic. This is not working like I thought it would. All right. Well, what a fun episode today. I thought we had uh, some really great conversations here. Some best of Nashville winners. We missed a ton of people. We've, we have, there's so many winners. We will we'll have them on throughout the year. We'll ask them about their best of Nashville wins. Again, if you are operating now, you are a winner to me. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I, I was looking over the list. I looked over the list today, probably as intently as I have. And there's a lot of great options in Nashville. A lot of these winners did a really great job. Let's, let's, we were talking before, uh, our first guest came in about writer's picks versus the reader's picks. I always like to go through where you feel like the readers got it wrong, where you kind of feel like they they missed the the mark. Well, again, you know, the readers is to a to a great degree a popularity con con uh, contest, and you know, being popular is a way to win. You know, it's good for your restaurant. It's good for your perception in the community. Um, so I won't say they absolutely got it wrong because it might have been. I mean, Daddy's is as most romantic meal. The people have spoken. Yeah, I'm. I got to go with it. I got to try it. But uh, yeah, I mean, they. Luckily, we've got some pretty educated readers at the scene. Um, sometimes I don't like them letting people know what the best bar in town is because. They picked Bar Sovereign, mm-hmm. and I love Bar Sovereign. I just don't want everybody to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true thing. Second place, Chopper, Tiki, and third place, the Fox Bar and Cocktail Club. All good choices. I think they crushed that one. Best bagel, proper bagel. Best bakery, dozen. Um, yeah, anything Claire does, I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, that's, that's good stuff. Now, best barbecue, Edley's Barbecue, um, multiple years in a row, they've won that. And... Second place, Martin's Barbecue Joint. Third place, Honey Fire Barbecue in Bellevue. And in, in uh, Fifth and Broad now, too. So Oh, they opened a Honey Fire in Fifth and Broad? They did. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they are, they're over on the side of the building that's got Prince's, so they're around the corner from Prince's. Best uh, beer selection, Vinyl Tap. I mean, it's the whole experience. I don't know if that's the best beer collection or selection. Um, but the whole experience is fantastic. I mean, it's tough to beat what what people like uh, 12 South, like Will's doing at 12 South, or what people like Austin are doing at Melrose, ML Rose. Yeah. But, again, people's choice. I'm, I'm behind it. What about uh, best breakfast? What do you think the best breakfast is in town? You know, I'm not a big breakfast guy. My, big, my, my best breakfast is the one I make usually because I'm working in the morning. You know, that's... 
I got to be close to home for that. Um, but did we? Did the readers pick Loveless? The readers picked Loveless. So they clearly have a lot of time on their hands to make the schlep out there, or it's just institutional memory. Hey, that's a mile and a half from my front door. It's my local place, but I can never get in. So it's kind of a tourist trap to me. The Loveless Cafe had the best breakfast 15 years ago. Well, how about the grab-and-go at the Loveless that's at the gas station? Yeah, at the Shell just- Station next door. It's a great option. Don't tell people. That's one of those things. I'm like, don't tell yeah. people about that because then that line's going to be. Because I'm not ragging on the Loveless biscuits. I mean, they're, they're oh, fine. Oh, no. Or the chicken. So, but, yeah, the experience, it's, it's, I don't have time to do an hour trip, you know, back and forth to get that. Um, one that I really was impressed that that uh, Nashville scene readers were willing to make the tough call was Best Sandwich Shop. Because there are some fantastic options out there. Um, I'm I'm very pleased they gave it to Levon at Fat Belly. Um, his sandwiches are yeah craveable over the top put you to put you to bed i'm gonna know what the top three are on that mitchell and bill's i mean mitchell deli and bill's sandwich shop but that is that is a tough call i'm gonna go one more and i i love all i mean gosh mitchell's deli bill's sandwich palace and and fat belly are amazing but I, i gotta give it to somebody else and the winner is Eastside bond me it is, you know, I, knew I the, think that those bun me sandwiches, Gracie's buns, like those are, that is the best sandwich I've ever eaten. The fried egg bun me to me is every single thing I want is that crispy bread. They've got the fresh cilantro, the egg, the runny egg, and then the, uh, the carrots, but then it's, it's spicy. It has like the perfect level of spice, the textures, all of it together is like this. And then the, the. There's so every, every bond me I have is the best, and and being creative enough to have specials, you know, where it's Gifford's bologna instead of instead of pate. I mean that that's a sign that these two lovely people from California get Nashville. They oh man, do they ever? And what they're doing at the wash too. But I mean, like that the East Side bond me. I think no disrespect to the others because it is like one and one A, one B, one. I mean, there's you can't go wrong any one of those. But there's something special about Eastside Bun Me to me that is just magical. And I knew they'd made it when just all the best chefs in town were lining up to want to get their special sandwich on the menu. I mean, that's a sign of acceptance from a palate that I trust a lot more than mine. Yeah, well, they did their their weekly special Bun Me, and you've got Trevor and Sean Brock and Harant and all of these people, Josh Habegar. Like These are all people that want to land to make their own Bun Me. It's like... Yeah, that's that's legit. It's a thing. Um, um, I got to go with, uh, I do love Rose Pepper. is one of my favorite margaritas in town. Was surprised to see Taco Mama, just because it's such a small little place that's out of the way. But they do their seasonal margaritas. They do a watermelon. They do a blood orange. And they are really invested in their margaritas. And I think that's great for a little taco shop. You know, oh man! Provide that, and I think they also finished like second in best service, which was they it, must they must have a really good following because it's pretty much fast casual. We're gonna do one more guest real quick. Is that okay? I can do that. It's gonna be fast. I know you got to go, but we're gonna do this one. I'm gonna call this person. Hi, you reached. Oh, she, did, she didn't answer. 
this person is very special. Um, and she was very busy this morning and, and could not come in. We're going to hope we can get her. Nope, she's not answering. She said, call me. Uh, <laughs> we're going to bring Caroline on because Nikki's one. But keep going. We'll keep going until she. All right, so once where I think the readers didn't come into agreement with me personally, I'm not going to say they missed the mark. Um, I love me some Las Palmas. You know, when I'm looking for the the multiple combinations of beans, cheese, and meat, I think a number 13 is a number 13 at just about every restaurant. Yep. <laughs> and I like a number 13. I'm a number 12 guy. But I went and picked up from Maya's De La Vida yesterday. Oh, dude. And I don't see how that can't be number one on anybody's list. Uh, it was fantastic. And I'm sitting there in my house, going to make tacos for myself. <laughs> And my girlfriend, and like, oh, I'm out of tortillas. I could drive nine minutes to Publix, or I could drive 11 minutes to my East La Vida. Oh, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> got the side dishes, got the lard flour tortillas that you can see through. I mean, that's how beautifully lardy they are. <laughs> we have a very special guest on the on the call, on the phone right now. This is the Best of Nashville winner for Best Holiday Pop-Up, St. Nicky's. And our co-host here on the show, Caroline Galzen. How you doing? Hi, guys. How's it going? I was promised I'd get to see you in person, so I'm oh, wholly I'm disappointed. So sorry, <laughs> well, I I appreciate you keeping my seat warm today. <laughs> that he is, and he's doing a fantastic job. By the way, I always love I it when no, Chris is in studio. I have no doubt. Congratulations on your best of Nashville, and you guys work. Oh so hard on St. Nicky's, and it is such a great job. You get thank to be the so guest much. today. We're literally doing this. I love this. Um, well, thank you so much. We were so thrilled to be named Best Christmas Pop-Up and to be acknowledged for St. Nicky's, and it's perfect timing because St. Nicky's season is just around the corner. We've been furiously planning uh, for the last really for the last few months, but especially in the last month, we've, we've been going into hyperdrive, uh, planning and planning. And, and we have a few special surprises this year. So anything you excited. can let us in on? Actually, I can, maybe this is mild breaking news, but, um, we are, you know, making St. Nikki's even bigger and better this year. And we are going to be hosting, in addition to St. Nikki's, the kind of regular experience at the restaurant, we will be adding a pop-up bar called Tropical Tidings, which is going to have um, Santa on vacation in Hawaii vibes. Uh, it's going to be on our patio. We are heating the patio, and uh, this will be kind of its own Christmas Experience separate from St. Nikki's, and we'll have a, um, a special menu of tiki drinks, um, Christmas themed tiki drinks, and uh, tropical vibes in the middle of December. Um, so, for people who are just wanting to grab a cocktail, or maybe if you have already had dinner at St. Nikki's and you want to keep the party going and have a drink afterwards, or, or just, you know, have another Christmas experience, uh, you can head out to the patio for tropical tidings. And we're very excited about that. So will that be something that people can make reservations for, is or is Tropical Tidings a, a drop-in only? 
It is drop-in only. Just like St. Nicky's, everything is going to be first come, first serve. Um, we actually this year are also going to be opening an hour earlier. Um, instead of four, we're going to be opening at three. Um, so people who want to kind of beat the beat the line and, and beat the rush can make plans to join us on the early side this year. That's great news for us early bird old folks. <laughs> yes. And you know, Chris, of course, I mean, just always shoot me a text and we can sneak you in. So I just have to be home in time for Matlock. <laughs> if you, I'm going to think about growing my beard out and just kind of hanging out there and be like, this is Santa Claus is here. Okay. And I'll okay. pretend like I'm in Hawaii. That sounds I, lovely. I, you're very welcome. You could, you could guess bartend if you want. Hey, oh, I like that. Still got your ABC card? Of course I have an ABC card. Are you kidding me? I think so. <laughs> so I caught Brandon like wandering around the aquarium section at PetSmart, and it turns out he was planning his Feast of Seven Fishes. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Well, we'll have to hit you up for some, yeah. for some recipes this year. It's what do you do with a beta? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with, with a goldfish? <laughs> Is that what I was going to say? This goldfish is going to be wonderful. So did, I love it. the Feast of the Seven Fishes is something you guys do there, Nikki's, right? Well, so yes, the Feast of the Seven Fishes is something that we have done historically, but I'm very sorry to say we will not be doing Feast of the Seven Fishes this year. Um, with kind of adding on the Tropical Tidings Tiki Bar and ramping up the existing St. Nikki's experience to make that even bigger and better. Um, we just really wanted our, it's such a crazy time of year for our team. We wanted everybody to be able to take a little break this year. Um, so we are not doing seven fishes. I'm sorry to say, but if anybody needs some seven fishes tips, advice, you want to do your own seven fishes, maybe for a special event, hit us up and you know, Tony's always available for private chef gigs. So <laughs> I thought season two of the bear episode six was feast of the set. I thought that you're still triggered from that. You're not doing it. I, I hated, I hated it so much that I said seven fishes is canceled forever. <laughs> this is well documented on the show. How much she did yeah. not like it. Did you watch the bear, Chris? I did. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a stop every five minutes and take a breath episode watching that. Yeah. <laughs> now, overall, are you, Caroline did not like the, oh, we got to do this, Caroline, real fast. Caroline I, did not like it. I loved it. Are you team Caroline or team Brandon? I don't think I was too close to it to not like it. I think if you lived it, it could be very triggering. So I loved the storytelling. I loved that I was able to share some of the inside baseball stuff with my girlfriend who hasn't been connected with restaurants in a long time we still call each other jeff around the kitchen now oh yes jeff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so you're okay so he liked it um, i liked it All but right. again it didn't trigger me it makes sense well caroline um we are actually doing active acceptance speeches so oh, wow. kind of like a gordon food service final thought but we are announcing your winning of best holiday pop-up, you get to give an acceptance speech. Oh, and we'll wow. have music playing in the background for you. If you talk too long, we'll ramp it up on you. But go ahead. I'll keep it brief, and I'll just say thank you to the national scene and especially to Ashley Brantley, who wrote the, uh, wrote the award 
Um, She's the queen of the nations. She is the queen (laughs) of nations. The perfect title for her. Um, We are so flattered, and it feels so great to be acknowledged. We put a lot of um, hard work and a lot of love into St. Nicky's, and it is our favorite time of year, and we think it's so much fun. So thank you to everyone who supported it over the years. And if you haven't been, please make plans to come see us this year because – I'm just going to go out and say it. It is the best Christmas pop-up in town, and you got to get over here. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Caroline, it's fun having you as a guest on the show. I know. I know. Well, I'll, I'll catch you in person uh, sooner than later. How about and, uh, tomorrow? Chris, thanks again for, for filling in for me today. I appreciate it. Oh, glad to do it. And let me put a plug out there for another one of my reader's picks. If or writer's picks, if you want to do your own Feast of Seven Fishes, will will Caroline give us the okay to say it would be fine just to go to Spread in Germantown and get seven different tinned fishes and mussels and oh yeah, uh, absolutely, and some of Chad's good bread and just smear it and call it a year. Oh, I think that sounds great. And here's the thing. As, as someone who's done seven fishes, not only in the restaurant, but we've done it at home a ton and, and with family, it is so much work. So if you can just pop the top off a tin fish and, and make that six of the seven, that sounds like a great plan to me. Excellent. We'll go see Chad and Alexis over there and uh, tell them we sent you. You need to come back with seven good seven good tins. Definitely. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us, and we Thanks. will see you very soon. Absolutely. You guys have a good one. Can't wait to hear the episode. All right. Bye-bye. See you, Caroline. Caroline Galson. Can I give my own plug? Absolutely. It's your show. Can I ask you what I can do on my show? Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) We are are preparing rapidly for Mary Bowles. You know, we change Mary Bowl every year. After Black Friday, we reopen as Mary Bowles. Deck the entire house out. It's a whole holiday experience. It's a Brentwood holiday tradition. I'm trying to keep my cynical writer smug look off my face because I'm the one that has to write the roundup of all the holiday pop-ups. And it's gone from five of them to 50 of them now. I can imagine. <laughs> well, we've done this every single year for the past 15 the, years. We were way ahead of the curve. We decked the entire house out, do the whole thing. But we just last year actually designated a Christmas pop-up because we weren't on any of those lists. But we know we don't really market to outside of Brentwood. I mean, we're, we're, we're really a neighborhood restaurant. So if you want the local kind of where the locals eat during that time and the local business come to do their events and we do lots of events all the private dining rooms in there. So a lot of Christmas parties, a lot of holiday events, but the house is beautiful. And every Sunday in the month, uh, we do brunch with Santa. So we actually have Santa Claus comes to Maribel. The, the Santa Claus. I don't know if you know, he's all over, but he is actually in Brentwood. I'm going to say you've only got a month to grow that beard out. Well, he's been growing it out. He it's, it's there yeah, for me. I, no, but we actually have Santa Claus come in. And so you can sit down and take your picture with Santa on Sundays at Maribel in the month of December. It's pretty cool. Excellent. That sounds like a great way to get out of the house and not, not do the cooking, but keep your family happy. Well, I think I don't think a lot of people realize what brunch is like at Maribel. I'll give myself another plug. It's a buffet. So there's a prime rib carving station. We have two action stations where we do omelets. There's crepes to order. We do smoked salmon. And then, of course, creme brulee French toast, which is the all-time favorite. Sausage and bacon and biscuits and gravy. And then we do also fried chicken and collard greens and black-eyed peas and... 
hash brown casserole and macaroni and cheese. We do some sort of a, we have a pasta station where you can make your own pasta. We do an Eggs Benedict station. All of these are action stations that are happening live. You can get Eggs Benedict to order with whatever sauce. It's a whole choose your Eggs Benedict. That's insane. I'm All of this happens at one time and it's thirty seven ninety nine. All you can eat. We have a whole. We do a chocolate fountain with much with uh, marshmallows and strawberries and blackberry cobbler and peach cobbler and creme brulee and pastries and chocolate decadence cake and you, the whole bar is transformed into a big dessert dream. So you come in and you can have all the prime rib you want, all the sheet crab bisque you want, all the omelets. We do Belgian waffles to order, pancakes to order. Like I said, crepes to order. All of that stuff is all in one shot, and then we do bottles of champagne for like twenty bucks. So you're saying fast on Saturday. Hit Maribel's on Sunday. Yes. I mean, and it's a, lo- it's a local experience. We don't have all the bachelorette parties, and, you know, we, we serve about 500 people. on Sundays is a busy day over there for brunch, but in the holiday season with Santa there, and he's walking around seeing the kids, it's a lot. It's just, it's a whole fun, it's very wholesome. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a nice warm hug. It is a nice warm <laughs> hug in the mansion. You get to show up, and it's a lot of fun. So there's my plug for my own holiday pop-up, but St. Nicky's, I mean, there, theirs is fantastic. I mean, theirs is a full-on, it's it's neat. It's, it's I went last year, and I was like, this is really cool. I'll see you there at 301. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. All right, uh, do we fit, we were talking, you were talking about, we were talking about snubs. I know it's, it's we got to get out of here. So I only had you for X amount of time, and now we're over our time limit. Anything we missed, anything you want to talk about? Now I just encourage people, you know, this will live online forever. So you'll be able to read the best of whenever you're thinking of uh, where do I want to go to dinner tonight? Where do I want a new bar I want to check out? We consider this a resource and it's not just the writer's picks. I mean, listen to what the readers say. You'll find you'll find things outside of your neighborhood, outside of your comfort zone. And, and that's what discovering the whole dining community in Nashville is about. So we like to think of it as a resource and we thank all y'all that took the time to vote and uh, that patronize our our winners and give them a congratulations for winning so thanks for putting this together so we could spotlight a few of them well it's our absolute pleasure we'll do it again next year and hopefully we'll see some more of you here in the studio i love your questions i love your energy thank you for being here so much chris thank you for all the work you do for all the local restaurants in town and sharing all of your knowledge and building up this community you uh, are really an amazing guy and i just appreciate everything you do for this industry Thank you for that. And uh, if I if I go to the buffet at Maribel's, you'll probably see a lot more of me the next time just because <laughs> there will be a lot more of me. Love to have you, man, anytime. All right, thank you guys for listening, and thank you for voting out there, the reader's picks. Thank you all the writers for the scene. Thank you for the scene for having Chris come in here. I don't know if you asked him or not, but glad. <laughs> thank you for the scene for I'll, putting this out. I'll run it by legal. <laughs> legal. That has to happen sometimes, believe it or not. Uh we hope that you guys are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.